All right, everybody, we are back with the Fat Pratt Chat, episode number 68. Today, we're going to talk about the last 365 days in which I've been weighing myself every day. And we're going to talk about some of the takeaways and the results associated with that. But first, we're going to do today's underrated overrated. Today's underrated overrated is probably, it's going to sound like common sense, but I want us to really think about how underrated Netflix really is. So comparatively speaking, I'll take you back to the late 90s, early 2000s. There was a place in Brick called Bob's Video Time. And Video Time, you go in there and you rent one movie for five bucks and you get to keep it overnight. And that was like a great deal because movies, if the only other thing you could do is wait until it comes out on VHS at the time and you pay and you buy it for 20 to 30 bucks or you go see it in the movie theaters beforehand and you pay 15 to 20 bucks Bob's video time and blockbuster and all things like that were selling you the movie for a quarter of the price wow what a deal can't beat it right Netflix said no no <laughs> Netflix said oh yeah we could beat that we're going to give you every movie that we possibly can, uh, and we'll raise you TV shows, and we're going to charge you, what, 10 bucks a month? Is that the price, Mike? How much is Netflix? Look that up really quick. But we're going to charge you somewhere between, what, 10 and 15 bucks a month, and you could watch whatever you want. What a steal. And now this is scary if you're in business of any kind, because let's take Pratt Personal Training, for example. It's like... What we offer, I think, is a steal for the price that we charge and the customized program and the personal attention to the degree that you get the customized routine, uh, but you don't get like the overwhelming uh, amount of attention of, and then like not paying the one-on-one -on -one rates, of course. I was like, I think what we do is a steal, but is somebody going to come around? Like our robot's going to come around one day and charge five bucks a month for what we currently offer? That's scary. So that being said, I kind of despise the model of Netflix, but I also respect it because they changed the game. Once you thought it couldn't get any better, Netflix said, oh, no. Oh, no, it's going to get a lot better. You thought you were spoiled with the $5 movie rental? Whoo! You know what you can get for 5 bucks at Netflix? Anything and everything. <laughs> How much is it? Wow. Seven bucks a month if you're willing to take on some ads. How do we get ad space for Netflix? Can we put a Pratt personal training ad on Netflix <laughs> for the local area? <laughs> All right. So today's topic, we're going to talk about my takeaways from weighing myself for this last for the last year. I just realized that it's been a year because it was Easter two days ago. And I remember last year getting on the scale on Monday morning after Easter, and that being my all time high, which was 208.2 pounds last Easter. 208.2. After that day, I said, you know what, I really kind of have to, uh, I got to get it together a little bit in regards to some of my nutrition, especially my nutrition, but also some of my activity levels outside of just working out each day. So about a year ago, 
uh, after a comment from one of the members, thankfully, pointed out how it looked like I had gained some weight, started getting on the scale every day. And then again, that Monday morning after Easter, I was 208.2 pounds. So I made a pact with myself that I was going to weigh myself every single day for the next year, regardless of what I do the day before. So no excuses. I will be getting on the scale every single morning, first thing in the morning, no exceptions. So I'll take you first from that day to the next three weeks, because although 208 was my high, my average was never above 205. So the first three weeks, my average was somewhere between 200 and 205. Now, I definitely wanted to get below 200 pretty quickly. So the, those first three weeks with some mild changes in behavior, I was able to get down to 195 to a 200-pound average on a weekly basis. And I'm going to speak just in weekly averages because talking about all 365 days wouldn't be reasonable, obviously. But I think that's the most important thing here to see how slow this actually happens. And really, the weekly average is telling much more of the story than each day. Because amongst all of these days in which the daily averages were in between these five pounds that I'm going to discuss, there were plenty of times where I would be a couple of pounds above that range and then a couple of days where I'll be below that range. There are some weeks where my weight would change anywhere between six and eight pounds, depending on how much I had eaten the night before or even like drank or anything like that. So the first three weeks after weighing myself, I stuck between a range of 200 to 205. Then after that, I got down underneath a 200-pound average for the first time on week four, and I stayed between a 195 and 200-pound average for the next 17 of 18 weeks. There was only one week in there that I was 194.9 average. So I stuck between 195 and 200 on a weekly average standpoint for about four months. After that was the first time I cracked 195. And then once I got below 195, I stuck between 190 and 195 weekly average for the next 29 of 30 weeks. Now, if you're doing the math in your head, you will realize that that is 51 weeks right there between the 30 weeks at 190 to 195 and then the 18 weeks at 195 to 200 and then the three weeks from 200 to 205. So the majority of the year was spent between 190 and 195, which I was uh, I was very happy with because it was 10 pounds lighter than what I was at the start of the year. Uh, as those weeks went on, I would gradually drop from 195 more more down to 190, 191, and then I would go back up to 192, 193, and I kind of stayed there. My behavior wasn't really changing much uh, in that time frame. And then I think, was it four or five weeks ago, my weekly average was about 193. So I said, you know what, it's probably time to, to add a, a new behavior to what I'm doing right now to start to get better results from a body composition standpoint. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But essentially, I went down a little bit from 193 each week, 192, 191, 190. And then last week was actually the first time my weekly average was ever under 190 pounds, I was 189.1 for the first time ever last week. Now to compare from Easter to Easter, last year I was 208.2, and then this year, the morning after Easter, I was 191.4. So there was a, a 16, a 16.8 pound difference from one Easter to the other. Um, and I think this is important to take into consideration because you realize the amount of 
the amount of weeks that I spent within a five pound range on a weekly average standpoint made this process very slow. Nothing about what I'm telling you stands out as a quick fix or something drastic or an overnight success from a fat loss standpoint. But over the course of trying to stay as consistent as humanly possible over the course of 52 weeks, you look back at the year and then you say 17 pounds, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty big deal. At least it is in my opinion. And then the other question I asked myself is if I didn't decide to do this, if I didn't decide to get on the scale the, that day, and if I didn't decide to weigh myself that morning after Easter, would I be more than 208 right now if I didn't change any of my behaviors? At what point would I have been fed up to actually try to change behavior? And if I had never gotten fed up, would I now be 210, 211, 212 pounds? And since I lost 17, is that truly like a 20 to 21 pound net difference of what I would have been if I didn't change behavior versus what I am now in, in actually changing behavior? Uh, I'd like to mention that nothing changed in regards to my actual in-gym workout routine. That was one of those things that if I decided to work harder or do more, it probably would have had a low return on investment being that that's probably something that I would consider a strength of mine right now is workout and in-gym adherence and effort. Uh, but there were a lot of things that I could have improved on. And over the course of the, the past year, there are a lot of things that I I did start to and still in my daily habits that I think brought me a long way. And hopefully they sound very simple. For starters, before last Easter, my daily walking was somewhere between seven and 8,000 steps per day. And over the last year, it's been about 12,000. Um, my alcohol consumption is, is not zero, but it's significantly lesser than it has been in years past. I would say probably, and this isn't something I tracked, but I did make the conscious decision of during the week, if I usually have one drink Monday through Friday uh, each night, then I was only going to do that two nights per week. And that's been something that's been very easy for me to stick to. Uh, the big one, in my opinion, and probably in a lot of people's opinions of something that uh, you all could also improve on is the awareness of weekend calories. This is a common topic that comes up all the time with people that first come into the gym. And then any time that we're having conversations, conversations with some of our current members that are trying to now apply uh, another habit change or something to improve their body composition, the first place I always go is Friday night. What's happening Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? And if those tend to be days and certain meals in which you have a ton of calories like I was, that's usually the path of least resistance. So paying attention to Friday night and then number one for starters, for me, it was easy to just eat lesser over the course of the day, both Friday morning and afternoon, Saturday morning and afternoon and Sunday morning and afternoon. And I'm still going out to dinner. I'm still having uh, pretty large dinners those nights. But uh, I am trying to front load those meals with more protein and water. And if I do those two things, I tend to eat significantly less. Very simple. Uh, also, over the course of the week, trying to have more readily available protein during the day. So if I do go home for lunch, which I do just about every day, making sure I have turkey burgers that are already cooked, making sure I have deli turkey so I can have sandwiches, 
and Greek yogurt, specifically vanilla, sugar-free, hopefully with Crystal Light strawberry for bonus points. Also, protein shakes, which I would say I seldomly have, but I do have them available. If I'm really tight on time and I just run home really quick and I'm not too hungry, I'll have one of those protein shakes, 30 grams of protein, really quick. Um, so having those at my disposal has also been very important. And then until recently, I want to say about eight weeks ago, um, with the, uh, the amount of work I feel like I've had um, and the amount of food distractions I was potentially having in the mornings from the hours of 4.30 in the morning to about noon, I decided to just not eat, which I've done before, and uh, it hasn't been too grueling for me. So I decided I'm not going to eat until noon, and I've been doing that for about the last eight weeks, which probably helped play a role in me getting my weekly average down from 194 to 189. Um, and it doesn't, for me personally, I know this is different, people have responded differently to this, but it doesn't make me feel like I have to overeat later. I actually feel pretty satisfied if I have a normal afternoon meal, and, uh, and then I have another meal between noon and dinner, and then I have one more meal at dinner trying to get um, somewhere between somewhere over 180 grams of protein a day over the course of those three meals and maybe a protein snack somewhere along those lines too. But essentially that's it. And I think that's, uh, I know we've done, we did the podcast originally a long time ago about weighing myself each day when we were first getting started on it and talking about some of the weekly averages. But now it's been a full year. It's been 52 weeks. And I think if there's one thing that is important to take away from this is that these small things that we could do, if we do them consistently, they make a big difference at the end of the year. Uh, so if you are somebody who does want to lose 15 to 20 pounds over the next year and not just lose 15 to 20 pounds over the next few weeks or a couple of months, only to most likely gain it back. Um, think about some of these simple things. And again, for it's different for everybody. But for me, it's just increasing my daily steps. Uh, drinking alcohol less, half as much as I was prior. Being more aware of my weekend calories, to be specific, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. Having more readily available protein so I don't have to stress out over cooking each meal and then consuming the protein. And then a simple one of just not eating until noon, definitely not for everybody, but something to think about if, number one, you don't have a high priority of breakfast as a meal in general, and then maybe you just skip breakfast, but make sure that uh, you return to normal size feedings from when you decide to eat and on. And that's all we have for today, episode number 68. If you guys have any questions, make sure you reach out to us. I'd love to talk about this some more. Thanks a lot. Peace.